Because of documentaries, I'm Tink Sterling, standing in for Matt Wills, and this is Rick Wharton. Um, so today we are talking about the 24 phases of Billy Milligan, episode number two. Part two. First off, let's give a quick recap. Can you recap episode one for me there? Just a, a brief synopsis of episode one by any chance. All I can think about is talking to you about the air dryer. Yeah, the hairdryer, and I, I do hope later there's an update on the beta calendar. <laughs> uh, right, so what's happened? There's a slew of assaults on a university campus. A man's arrested for it. Think that he has multiple personality disorder and we're left on a little bit of a cliffhanger. He's in prison. He's being, what what's it called, interviewed by all these doctors, assessed by all these doctors. He's going in for a plea of insanity, so therefore he can't be stand trial in the same way and be responsible but and then we're left on a bit of a, of a cliffhanger because it seems like there's going to be a lot more to his backstory that we're going to find out about oh one hell of a backstory they drag us through some misery uh it's that i like the opening thing you see because the best part of it is the footage of billy being interviewed with that grainy footage yeah mm-hmm. and it starts with him saying um if someone goes to hurt me i go to sleep and I wake up and I'm not hurt, which um, I can actually identify with. Yeah. Mm, like if I was ever in trouble at work, I would just yawn and I'd just wake up unemployed. <laughs> 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 just just, wa- just wake up in a, in a motel surrounded by iPhones and blood on my hands and I'd be like, well, I guess I don't work there anymore. <laughs> Oh, we're very different when it comes to work, aren't we? Well, there's also because due to having the um, all the, the trainers we've had in with the dog, apparently yawning is a sign of anxiety. So I wish I knew that ten years ago. Could have could have went to HR. <laughs> <laughs> HR at the bookies. I'm not sure that existed then. It's my anxieties why I got my feet on the desk. <laughs> But it starts off very similar vein, so it shows you Concord, like 1977, you got mm-hmm. Concord coming in, and then it's just like, Concord, the groundbreaking of aviation, and it's like, Billy Madison's a curious case, and like they're trying to slam it in with anything culturally relevant as humanly possible, which that could just be to, you know, signify the times, but also boost its importance. Well, yes, I definitely. I do think it makes you feel part of when it was. So anything you know about that time, it's reminding you of. But I do also think that it was quite important because of all of the... Because that whole book that I forgot the name of, Sybil. Sybil, yeah. It did have a lot of cultural importance. And I think that that's got a lot to play within the case, hasn't it? Massively, massively. And that starts to come very evident throughout this one. I was just going to say, I was like listening back to the episode one when I... I, (laughs) Played cool, Tiggs. Played cool. No, just to check. (laughs) And when you were saying like, because I'm trying to correct you on something and you're like, yeah, that's what we do here. 
we make it correct. We don't try and make jokes. And I'm worried that I have put too much... I'm worried now. We've not been cancelled yet. Your episode's been live for a full three hours. <laughs> and the complaints are barely in the treble figures so far. <laughs> All right, so... We then go through the horrific backstory of Billy Milligan. And thankfully, it's got, um, you know, talking heads from people in his life. Otherwise, it'd be difficult to believe him, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, the man comes in to play big time here. And, and I mean, well, sorry, I should say his brother, Kind Face and Kathy, lovely lady, are kind of telling up, talking about their childhood and like their mom, their mom before they were even born. Poor woman. Yeah, so abandoned, raised by strict Catholics, married an alcoholic, left him to go singing, uh-huh. met comedian Johnny Morrison. They've always got a dark side, haven't they, Richard? <laughs> They're not stable people. They are not. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking, though. Is their explaining, like, the first husband, already alcoholic, it didn't go very well. A divorce in the 70s, that's... Yeah. That's pretty damn traumatic. I think it was the 60s, you know. I don't know if this is weird. It's how many times the brother Jim points out that his mother was attractive. <laughs> well, somebody's got to stand up for the poor woman. It's because he's got it kind. It's lovely. Oh. I'm annoyed now. I just think he's got such a kind face just sticking up for his mum because need bugger else will. And sorry, <laughs> I'm booting off again. <laughs> You've identified with Jim. I really have. Like when you hear about the first husband, you think, "Well, that that's going to be the man who's doing some abusing." But no, she manages to get rid of him, as you say. Goes for a career in singing, then meets this comedian, who is that dad? He sounds like a right bastard. No. Yeah, um, they have Billy, but they also have a thing where they say, um, like, Billy died due to a growth in his throat. Oh, yeah. So they they take him to the hospital, uh, and the nurse says, "Um, I'm sorry, he's already dead. And then the mother screamed at him, no, he's not, do something. And then they came back and he was alive. Which, have you ever had a laptop fixed? (laughs) No. Like... I don't understand what they didn't do when they thought he was dead to what they did do when they went, oh, she's looking at us. We'll better just try and hit control, alt, delete one more time, see if that'll do the trick. Something worked, didn't it? Exactly. It's fucking weird. That that that, I, I, that was a stick that I have pondered on that since watching that episode. Or the man made it up. Oh, or is it the mother? Do you know what I mean? Once you start questioning that. But I mean... Whatever the Trevor, she's had a hard deal, hasn't she? The nurses would write postcards to Billy and say, you give us quite a scare, which, again, when you look at the practicality of doing that, it's just like, what are you doing on your overworked shift? Oh, I'm just writing a postcard to this Ben from four years ago that I thought was dead. But <laughs> I think that it was a different time then, wasn't it? Nurses were allowed to be nurses, Rick. <laughs> Someone's really cultivating a radio personality, aren't they? <laughs> it's all gone a bit too much. 
<laughs> it was the seventies when nurses were treated with respect. <laughs> and when, but just when they had a bit of time to actually put in the element of care that they need to, because care isn't just physical, is it? You can almost get on board of that for the sake of bridging to the next point. <laughs> I feel like I might end up rushing through. Actually, yeah, you'd say the next bit. So the dad, the actual dad. Yeah, he. Um, it's whenever they say someone has demons, you don't like, especially a documentary like this. So he did a lot of drugs. Uh, the alcohol was a big thing. Gambling and jealousy. Mm-hmm. Then you think, well, he's going to be the one who's done this horrific abuse that was led towards at the end of the last episode. That's what I thought. Yeah, so that marriage comes to an end when Jim saw domestic abuse and then the mother asked him to leave. He left. He was staying in a motel. He killed himself in the motel and left a suicide note which actually stated that the mother was a bitch. Yeah. Really pleased I chose this one. <laughs> um. Yeah, and like the mom tried to protect them. Didn't she? And said that he'd had like an aneurysm or something. Yeah, they didn't find that out for years. Mm. Like they had no idea. They they said he had an aneurysm brought on by his. This was what got me. It was brought on by his poor diet. He had an aneurysm and died. So you've got a, your husband's deceased, father of your kids. But if you can use that to get them to eat their vegetables, <laughs> and also get like last digging. <laughs> to the deceased <laughs> could never be bothered to fucking cook a carrot could he look at him now sorry I've, I've got a real anger issue the day I feel like I'm mellow mellow is that uh, uh, it's something pronounced similar but <laughs> I think it's the merlot that you've got on your table there <laughs> I'm trying my best <laughs> Billy's getting his drinking again already <sighs> I listen to these stories I think do you know what I need some alcohol <laughs> That's what will make positive decisions. It was a diet that did it. It was the diet, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that <laughs> packet of crisps, not the not the fourteen advent calendars of beer she signed up to. <laughs> Can I give you a beer advent calendar update? Or should I should do that for you. I'd lo- I'd love a beer advent calendar update. Right, so I've got several. I'm trying to think which, if any of them are good or interesting. I don't think so. So which one should I tell first? So, you know, the brew dog one that I got for my brother-in-law mm-hmm. arrived broken. I, I think you said that last time, yeah. Yeah. I've, I messaged them. I sent them the photos. The message back within three hours saying, really sorry about that. What a terrible shame. I've sent you a new one. I literally got the thing to say it was on its way within five minutes of that email. Now that is customer service. You know what? I think we found our podcast format. <laughs> what? I, I truly do. I, I truly miss points of view. <laughs> I really miss points of view. I used yeah. to watch it during my unemployed days, and I think this is what you're born to do. You just, well, <laughs> there was a tear in the scarf, and I says, I'm not having that, so I went back in, and they give us another scarf. <laughs> also, like people like telling me about things that have, like, gone wrong for them little misdemeanors i like to help them and how how can we turn this negative into a positive i.e get free stuff yep yeah i agree so with that i could then support people to get the free things and then find out about their experiences 
Oh, so that's that's you wear into their heart. You're like, well, if they're not giving you free coffee of your loyalty card, I'll go in there. But let's talk about how it's going at home, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you one other advent calendar update. Okay. You know, I've had bother with the one I've been trying to cancel, and then I ended up signing up to get wine off them yep, as well. Yep. I, I've got a sneaking suspicion of how that one ended up. <laughs> that one arrived okay. Well, <laughs> I emailed. I had emailed them. It's nearly two weeks ago now, and I said I'm. I'm feeling quite frustrated because I keep trying to get through, but you're only open nine to five, Monday to Friday. I work those hours. Please, can you cancel me boxes of wine and me boxes of beer? And then, please, can you email to confirm? Nothing back. So I, so then I was getting annoyed because I was like, it's, the money's about to go out my account. Mm-hmm. And so, that, so I emailed and I said, I don't mean to be short, but I'm getting rather frustrated now because, <laughs> because I feel like this. I said, yeah, this isn't right. You know, I got frustrated. Anyway, I was sending the email while I took my half an hour lunch break at the end of the day so I could ring them because I thought, I can't have, this is literally going to be £70 coming out of my account. I haven't got that kind of money. Willy-nilly, splash the cash. So, like, the amount of beer and wine I could buy for that. Anyway, so... (laughs) I was on the phone waiting 20 minutes and I'm emailing them saying it's ridiculous. And then I spoke to a man, and he was Scottish. Did the different personality come to the surface? Well, I love Scottish people, all of them. Like that, no, that's too much of a sweeping generalization. But I just love Scotland. I love it when people. T- and I thought, oh, fuck, this is going to be my downfall here. And I said, and it, oh, he'd asked us how my day was. I'm straight, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? And I nearly said, all the better for speaking to you. I said, no, stay strong, stay strong. So. I stayed strong and, and I had to put me like tone on where it's like, it's not friendly things, it's assertive. It's, you've got to be assertive, you've got to stick to your guns. And then he was like, so can I ask why you cancel? And I said, well, I'm really frustrated with the service and I think you should be able to cancel online. He said, well, you know, there is actually an email address that you can cancel on. And I said, well, take this as a piece of customer feedback that that address, email address, is not easy to find. Because I'm not an idiot. I said, I'm not an idiot. And he said, I'm not trying to say an idiot. <laughs> I sound like a right twat, don't I? But anyway, I was really drawn in, managed to cancel the beer one, right? So tick. Then he said, I see you've also signed up for the wine subscription. <laughs> I said, I have. He said, did you think it was good value? And I thought, I was like, yeah, it's all right. Like, they're quite good wines, but I haven't got that kind of money to spare. He said, well, I can give you a £10 voucher to make it less for the next two boxes. And I was like, no, Jigs, no. And I said, no, please cancel it, which was a few of the hardest words I've ever had to say, right? See, I can just picture, as he's saying that, just as after he's put put the voucher on the, on the, on the table there, you just see him in a video chat, just pulling out a bagpipes. <laughs> what the hell bagpipe song was that? I I started thinking of that bit before I thought of what a bagpipe <laughs> song was. Was yeah. And then, 
but I managed, I did, there really isn't a good end to this story, but I did manage to stay strong. He said, why are you cancelling the wine one? I said, because it's been so difficult to cancel. And then he got shirty. And he said, well, you've only just signed up to it. And I said, oh, no. And I was like, okay. I said, I think you know what I mean. He said, are you willing to give some customer service feedback? So I said, of course, no problem. He said he'd send it over. So he emailed it over, right? I'm now cancelled on both. He emailed it over and he said, oh, please would you mind feeding this in? If you mention, filling this in, the feedback form. If you mention my name, I get a free beer at the end of the month. And I thought, well, good. I want them to have a free beer. You've applied for them. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the story. I work there now. <laughs> so um, I looked at it and it was really, this is another thing I'm annoyed about because it, it ends up going to trust pilot. And so you're not actually doing them out of five for that customer service, which I would have given like a high score on, that actually mm -hmm. making you do, it leads you to a page where you're actually giving feedback on them as a company and their service and whether you would trust them on Trustpilot. Shit. Now, I think that's really wrong, so I'm going to have to bring them back up again on that. <laughs> it's just not morally right, is it, Rick? It's a gamble. Oh, in case I end up signing up again. But no, I mean for them. Like, if I need good customer service thingies, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, this woman who's rang up saying she's pissed off. Do you mind going on Trustpilot and just unloading on us, please?" No, but what they well, it's because I'm friendly. I think I'm making it come across like I'm like really harsh or rude mm. or like try and get things. But I'm not. It's because I'm so soft that I just have to remind myself to not end up inviting them round for tea. I've just got to remember that the point of ringing up. Right, 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 to, right. So right. I, when I'm like, so don't be, I don't, I've got to remember to be assertive. So not like I'm going to be like, oh, I'm really annoyed. I, I'm dead calm and like, say, I understand, you know, but it's just, I've gone off again. I don't know what I'm talking about, but what, so basically I think I would be a good person because I was thinking I can fairly say that his customer service was really good. He got the bottom of me problem, blah, 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 blah. But then what it's taking you to is actually about the company. <laughs> See, I, I don't understand the um, the sleight of hand there that you're frustrated with. Cause, so did you just think it was in-house and he'd be complimented, but now you're helping promote the company as a whole? Well, yes, and it's Trustpilot. And I think that you should... I don't want to be saying, oh, brilliant, five out of five, brilliant customer service. Because then that looks comes up on their profile as... They've got brilliant customer service. To five out of five. It's like, no, I want Scott to get a free beer. Right, okay. All right, so now now I'm picturing very angry ladies in concert turned up in your garden with broken cases of wine going, well, fucking five stars my ass, Tinks. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't, I can't cope with injustice. We've came across something majestic this week. What? It is, oh, fuck, I wish I could. If, I, I remember what it's called for next time, but basically it's like Uber for handymen. I thought you were going to say for hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so is this something you've been getting in together? Uh, we'll have a floaty boat, guys. Just someone turned up in a Prius, you're like, well, you shouldn't have took seven minutes. <laughs> 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 One star, didn't even get in. <laughs> 
no, it's for for handyman and um the guy. It's like honestly, it's like eighteen quid for an hour, and like it, it it now sounds like I'm talking about hand jobs, but they'll do anything. And <laughs> 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 I had a bloke come round. He's fixed me TV on the wall. He's uh, he didn't steal anything the first time round. So I'm like, oh, this is this is a start of a friendship. He didn't sneer at us when I was sat playing football manager as he's doing labour with his apprentice. Oh, no. There's a million things about here that you are going to get to do, sir. Well, I definitely want to be involved in that because um, I have some jobs that I can do around the house but need, like, an extra pair of hands for. I love that because I know you're, like, no one's doing it for me and you're going to be very, whereas I'm very much, I was yawning a lot. I was very, I was very anxious that I'd be asked to do something. <laughs> no, but it's because I love, I just love to learn. No, but I can't, I, I steer away from doing things with electrics and gas. Wise, very wise. But I want to learn a little bit more about electrics, so I just know a little bit. Now, there's a couple of things that I know will take somebody for. 10 minutes and it's doing me tits in that I can't, that I don't feel confident enough to do it myself so this sounds ideal I'm sorry I've totally taken over your story but do find out the name because no, I'd, li- I'd like to employ them that it, it, it's, you, you, you get a whole bunch like it's just these handy men are just available and you book them out for like an hour at a time oh my god that is honestly going to change my life because we have had so many conversations where we're not allowed to get a cleaner but Oh, if he's got some time left on the hour, it's just like there's some washing needing fold in there. <laughs> and that's when you'll get no stars. Oh, come on. This is this is Brexit Britain. People don't have <laughs> they don't have a choice to look at the customer fucking rating. Oh, I don't know why I even heard you just say it, but sharp intake of breath. Wait, no, I'm not saying Brexit's a good thing. I'm saying due to the financial collapse of this country that anyone who's on the gig economy cannot be like, I don't know, someone who fitted his TV up on the wall, give him three and a half stars. I'm a five-star fucking toilet roll holder, put a rubber if, if ever I've known one. Well, you'd be surprised. It's hard to get labour, you know. Really I'd difficult. I'd be surprised, would I? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> It's funny we all we all become what we hate eventually, don't we, Dings? <laughs> oh no! I was going to follow it up with some facts. I know, but I shut the knees out of that. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, so to the trauma of Billy Milligan. There's a reason why we're vamping so much this episode because this gets fucking horrific in a hurry. Yeah. Right, so after the father killed themselves, she moves back home to the farm, and I don't know if you caught this, back in with her first husband, mm-hmm. which, oh, that must have been tense. Well, I've written, back with first husband, still a twat, <laughs> which I think sums it up quite well. But she always, by this point, she's got three kids in tow. Yeah, she's got three kids. And I can't remember if it's... The brother or the sister, like of of J- uh, Billy, who says, "You right. know, you got to imagine like Billy's fifth birthday." Well, he's doing the maths; must have been fucking awkward. Like, no wonder he's pretending he's different ages his whole life. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean he's six? We've already been divorced for three years. You fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Billy's the youngest, you know. Yeah. 
No, I think the sister might be the youngest. Yeah, so like they kind of obviously set the scene. So now it is like the late sixties, early seventies, and they're saying like obviously she she couldn't manage. She literally could not manage without somebody else to support. That's a, that's a reoccurring theme in these as well. You know, women find themselves in this situation because it was such like a you know fucked up society for them back then. And she sounds like she's really has tried to bloody make a go of it on her own loads of times and to like follow her dreams and whatever else, but she just gets shut on, doesn't she? Uh, got a job at the depot factory. Got divorced. No, yeah, she got divorced and she married Charmer. And he's the good, he's the guy. So he's got a daughter from his previous marriage, Charla, and then they adopt each other's kids. Can I just put in a bit there? Without a doubt. So I think it's um I think it's Jim, the brother, who says that the finally she'd met someone charming and nice. And that just broke me heart because he's seeing this abuse of his mom. And then he in, he's like, oh, right, okay, finally, we've got this family unit. Yeah. And they think that this is the start, because they've already been through a lot of bloody trauma, already, like, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, like, violence. They're already suicide. going to be messed up before this shit happens to them, yeah. And then um, when you're saying about the adoption of the children, that's another thing. That, that Jim said that they had no choice in being adopted. It wasn't ever a conversation. And he's saying, bloody hell, man. That's hard, isn't it? It, it gets worse. i, I got to be honest, around that house, the last thing they were worrying about was the paperwork. Ah, uh, you, you're quite right. <sighs> they come in, they find Charmer banging the mother's heat off the floor. And the sister says uh, Billy was um, in a hunched position, buzzing with his little bee character. Mm. Don't, that's the character that did the assaults. <laughs> the bee's evil. Um, and that I thought that bit was really um, interesting as well. Not it, but just anyone who I've ever spoken to who's been through any kind of trauma, like especially as a child, like when... They're saying that they would know what that evening was going to have in store for them by the way he was driving and how the door yeah. opened and the footsteps and that kind of thing. And like, oh, I just like know you, like anybody who's been through anything like that, you just like so know. Oh, yeah. horrible. Even on like a, a minus 3000 extent, like I remember when my brother was going out on the drink and we shared a room and you now when he came back and you look at you and breathe and you'd be like, well, this isn't going to be a fun chat. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was like, that was the thing is, is that he became, from this like nice, charming man, he became someone that everyone, because it goes back to fre- like friends talking about it, school friends, people who lived in the village or the town or whatever, saying that they knew what kind of night that the family were going to be in for, depending on how he drove around the corner. Yeah, what's the pub called? The Dog House. They said he'd never passed the Dog House without having a drink. Yeah, that is a great name for a pub, though. The doghouse, yeah. That's you meant to go there after the argument, not before though. That's where Chalmers was making the mistake. There you go. The way he used to punish the kids is you'd take them in the shed and he'd put a phone book over them and punch the oh it's fucking ruthless. And then they start taking them to the farm. One of the times they called the police due to domestic violence and this is one <gasps> of the most 
the police turned up uh, and Billy said, arrest him, he's hitting my mother. And the police said, if she was a better wife, he wouldn't have to hit her. Yeah, I wrote that down as well. Oh, that's the book you'll that's the book you plan your wedding in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Thanks, COVID. But I mean, c- comparatively, I'm, I'm, I think I'm all right. <laughs> that is one of the things you appreciate about these documentaries. It really offers some healthy perspective. <laughs> sure does. Sure does. And. So it, this is all cut between footage of Billy Tolkien and his different personalities, and they're all named. And I, I'm really starting to see how this is put together with Billy now, right? So you have Arthur, who's the English one. Right. He's the one who tells the doctors what's wrong with Billy. And mm. he's always sat cross-legged. And he's got his fingers over his mouth, just mm. like, hmm, ah, Billy's attitude towards women. That's an interesting question, yes. Um, <laughs> how how do I describe this? It's a, it's a very big misconception that he hates women. Okay, Billy loves women. <laughs> oh, God, I blocked that bit out. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing how he's pieced it together with the psychiatrists. Yeah. If he's faking. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the person to blame, the person who doesn't speak. You've got a person who convinces them this shit's real. And then you've got the person who lays out the story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you ever watch the movie Final Destination? Oh, no. I, in my head, I was singing, never ending story. But that's a very different <laughs> film. <laughs> that's a very different movie. That is a very different movie. Well, can I counteract your question with, have you ever watched a rendered story? I have not, no. That anyway, I... final destination, as you were. <laughs> right. Is, is Never End the Story the one with Willow? No, that's Willow. Uh, Never End the Story has got the big dragon wolf dog in it who looks like my dog Crumble. Right. Falco. Falco. Do you know what? To be fair, I watched it recently and it's shit. But it was a good one to love when you were little. And there's, but it's very distressing because a horse gets stuck in some mud. Not as distressing as this documentary. I'll Nothing's as distressing as this documentary. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but no, I wanted to do this one. This is Matt. Matt, Matt Matt's very um, empathetic, so it really bums him out when we do long, long series of uh, of misery. Whereas this one, I'm happily to see what Arthur has to say. Yeah. Um, but what was that? Yeah. So final destination. Someone has a dream. Dreams that the aeroplane's about to crash, so he freaks out, and six of them get off the plane. The aeroplane gets off, takes off, the aeroplane explodes. And then, one by one, death is coming for them, and they all die in weird circumstances or by happenstance and all these other, like, you know, inventive ways you can die. But clearly, when you watch the movie, halfway through it, they've had to insert a guy to explain that that's happening. The Uh. guy... The guy who played Candyman is in a morgue, and he goes, let me tell you something. And I'm going to say Billy, but that's probably because Washington don't Death missed you, and it's going to come back around and get you, and you have to figure out when it's coming. And then, so he explains the whole plot of it in a minute, but you can tell the very first cut of that movie didn't have that, and it just doesn't make sense, Without... which that is the um, role I think Arthur is playing. Yeah, uh-huh. Yes, yo, Billy... <laughs> 
The thing is, he stubbed his toe when he was four, and that is why he held up a lot of liquor stores. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no doubt in the fact that the level of trauma he's been through, he would have probably done some fucked up shit. Regardless. Oh, if the stuff he says that happened to him on the farm happened, uh, from sexual abuse to being buried, having to have like a breathing apparatus so he could breathe whilst being buried alive. And weed on. At the same oh, time, in weed on fucking hell! Down completely the pipe that, that but... was his air pipe, but then that's the thing is that it doesn't seem like it. It pretty much doesn't seem like that can be not <laughs> can be false. I suppose what well, I'm trying to say, because obviously it's his siblings that are saying it, but then also you've got all of the young people from when he was from when he was little saying, and then there was that bloody friend who said she'd seen the abuse. Can you remember that bit? Yeah, well, the friend said that, but then, you see, the police saw the abuse. Do you know what I mean? That's like, true. It's a different time where it's like, if, if fucking adult women aren't being listened to, prepubescent women certainly aren't. No, it was a, it was just like, she, like the friend who says like she'd seen some of what had happened, and like in the shed, and she's just like filling up and again, like, and she says like, like you just see how much guilt she feels because she's thinking, if I would have done something then... Would something have been better for him, and then would he not have done what he did? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, but what? that's one instance. Do you know what I mean? I, I think she's catastrophizing uh, and kind of beating herself up more than necessary. But that's what you do. I think I would be the same. Yeah, but I do think her saying something would have made zero zero difference. difference I agree. We should ring her up and tell her. Oh, she'll be listening to this. She'll be. Leaving one-star reviews on Trustpilot. I hope not. Oh, and then it also, it keeps on showing you Billy's paintings and uh, one of them signed by David, which I thought was a touch of genius. <laughs> what, signing them by who's done them? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's painted it, but he's wrote David on it. <laughs> yeah. I sw- like, that's the thing. Like, that's what I was going to say before. Like, ir- like you would definitely... I've understood saying, whether he's proven as saying or not, the things that he did, which are absolutely awful, considering what's happened to him, you could imagine that that would totally just happen. But the, what they're trying to prove here is that he's not fit, that he's criminally, that he's insane and therefore cannot be prosecuted as someone who's sane. Yeah. And so that's what they're yeah. trying to prove. And I feel like in that instance... Again, we don't know what we're talking about, but he does make it. If if that is genuine, then fucking hell, it's the easiest thing for the bloody doctors to work out ever. As you say, because he's signing things, David, he's got somebody telling the story. He's got these people who come in when the other personalities can't be asked. I was listening to a thing the other day where um, they dug up Jeffrey Dahmer. They dug up his garden. Oh, yeah. To see if there was any other victims that they didn't know about. Mm -hmm. But what they'd actually found is, like, um, animal skeletons aged to when he would have been a child. So if he had been caught sooner by these trigger warnings, do you know what I mean? So if his behavior or if these mental illnesses had been caught sooner, it wouldn't have escalated Uh to what it was. So, like, when he was in jail Prior to the assaults, they, he was psychologically evaluated mentally ill. 
mm-hmm. but they didn't treat it. It was just there. So uh-huh. if, if those things were in place, maybe it could have. I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? You've you've got to be unwell to do any of it in the first place. That's what's always amazed me. Wait, it's fucked, isn't it? Like, uh, so then you get into a whole physiological, psychological debate on what is accountability. When does it? Oh shit! Let's not up. go down that. But I mean, I guess they do, don't they? Like that's what one of the prosecutors was saying. Um, it's like uh, undisputed that he did it, but is he responsible? Yep. But also, let's say one that said, and he was really pleased with himself. He said with glee, and I said to them, "I don't care which personality is going to prison, but one of them is." <laughs> oh, he said that a few times. That's the prosecutor. And he was like proper buzzing with himself. You, I like seeing the footage of him as a young man talking to Wilbur. <laughs> I was a bit, I was a bit lost, lost off because I find in this one there's so many people to keep track of. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's this... going from old footage to new footage, I have struggled a bit to keep track on who's who. Because um, it, it goes through, and the way it ends with the abuse in the household is Jim. Uh, oh yeah. Charmer starts choking Billy, and Jim picks up a knife and puts it to his throat and walks him out of the house. Mm-hmm. Now, no one, or actually in his family, there may be that level of actor, so I don't know, but I believe the fuck out of Jim. I do as well. <laughs> well he's, he's got there, a face, isn't he? There is nothing in like his tone, his idiolect and that. Like I'm like, fuck, that shit happened. But yeah. can, you, can you imagine the surprise on Chalmers when it's Jim that does that? He's like, what? You're the fucking nice one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think like that's obviously, yeah, and yeah, I mean, because he says he, that like Chalmers literally like picks Billy up and throws him across the table. Yeah. And then like as you say, he like gets a knife and says like, "If you come back here again, I'll use it." And he never came back, and that's, you know, I bet that that felt like the end of a lot of it. Yeah, and um, it, 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 from that point, you don't hear a whole heap about Charmer, at least not in this episode. That's that's thankfully that bit done. Except um, for when he's on screen saying it's absolutely ridiculous that anybody would accuse me of this. Oh, I skipped that bit. Did you? Yeah, there was footage yeah. of him where he's being, and, and that's linked to the girl saying, if I would have said something, then maybe, if I would have said something, then maybe, because I think that ends up... I don't know if they go into more of it in the other episodes, but I think the point is that he was able to say he didn't do anything, but she was saying I could have said something like then, like later on that I had seen things, you know, that kind of thing. I'll tell you what about Chalmer, right? This what? is this is a generalisation, but yeah. that man has the hair of an angry man. <laughs> go on. Kind of. <laughs> Balding and curly, I swear to God, is a terrible combination for a man's psyche. (laughs) Do you speak from experience? I certainly do. I have been bollocked by men with that hair my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) That is middle management, not going any further, and have settled below what they think they deserve, so they're fucking assholes. Fair. Well, not fair. Good point. Lovely observation. (laughs) So then you go through... um, Billy's later life, he starts taking drugs in the 70s, which, if we're going along the narrative of he is, you know, dissociative uh, identity disorder, things like drugs at an early youth level can fucking mess up a person's psyche. And that can, 
you know, that's coke in the 70s and fucking how much weed. I was interested, like, and there's a million people I'd like to talk to. So when you see him and he says his core personality, Billy, is like 15 currently while he's being interviewed. Uh-huh. What accent is he asking drug dealers for drugs? Do you know what I mean? Like, so if he's saying all the things he did wrong was by another personality, is he Reagan good? I would like more weed now. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Because everything is accountable that he's done wrong to another personality, as is being laid out currently. So as a 16-year-old going to buy drugs, like, oh, I'm terribly sorry, could I have a, a quarter pounder of marijuana, please? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, my my friend has a push on for rolling L skins, whereas I prefer the king skins. <laughs> it it does oh, what, much what? hilarity does ensue. <laughs> That's tickled us. Well, speaking of being tickled, now the now the crime star. <laughs> I will not laugh at that. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you fucking did. I will edit in laughter if I fucking need to. <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> so what you would do is you would go to a, a, a wonderful disgusting documentaries trope of uh, <laughs> fuck the gears, which is basically he goes to uh, gear pickup points, truck stops, oh, yeah. where like... Married gay men go and you'd get in the car with them and then you'd rob them and they would never go to the police because they don't want to be found out. Good thinking. Yeah. Horrible, obviously, I'm not saying, but like good thinking. Which you the sister the market there, is, is remarkably flippant about. Well, just like she's, I have been. She's got, I know, but she's got that hard coded 1970s going, well, they shouldn't be playing with Willie, should they? <laughs> they would have kept their wallets. Don't worry, I I I do cross check this for me possibly having a career at some point. So a lot of that be <laughs> I will not give blowjob. You give wallet. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're English a minute ago. Like, sorry, I actually rang for a handyman, not a hand job. <laughs> Can you put this toilet roll holder, please, mate? <laughs> Bash some tissue. Why? I, I mistook what I was after. <laughs> Sorry, I went a lot closer to speaking when I did that laugh. <laughs> so he robs the drugstore. He gets a plea bargain, which then he got sent to Lebanon, which I believe was the bad psychiatric ward. No, he just went to normal prison, I think. I see in the first one they said there's two and he got kind of... Yeah, but I think he went to just a normal prison, not a psychiatric one, because they right. did a... I'm pretty sure at this point they're going over the notes and, and Kathy's saying and he was treated as a normal prisoner, so any issues he's got aren't being treated. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. And then the then the assaults on campus happen. And, well, then... she, and she was saying... Sorry, I'm, I am interrupting, no, Rick. But, um, Please do. Again, Kathy said that... She went, she was like, I always remember the day that I went to pick him up from prison. He was he was really happy, he was excited for a new start, and he was really trying. I remember the first thing he said to us, I would like gherkin now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, 
she says, but then soon my intuition told us that things were going wrong and that's when the pa- the all the all the lines coming out in the paper about these attacks and she was like my intuition. Yeah, yeah. And uh so you see Billy talking about this and he starts talking about how yes, um Reagan started to meet bad people and started to take speed and I'm like that's the last thing to give Reagan. Don't give <laughs> Don't give Reagan some fucking speed. He's like Billy from the boys. He's fucking nuts. He's already got a rage on. He's already raging. <laughs> they put the... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Is that laugh I'll put to the jokes that you didn't want to be heard laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Which is ironically what Billy's doing right now with his defence. <laughs> yeah. Just patchwork because then they they he goes on a different because you have Reagan saying I robbed people I did not commit any sexual assaults and then it's then he says it's Adelina ah Adelana she's the one who's actually a lesbian that did it as if the LGBTQ plus community didn't have it hard enough they're already he's already robbing them <laughs> they're already getting a load of fucking shit. And now, it's kind of be a. That's got me. It kind of be a fella raping them. It's got to be a bloody lesbian, hasn't it? It's got to be a lesbian rapist who, as he says, just wants to be held. And then, thankfully, it gets silly again. Mercifully, it gets very silly because then we start to hear more about Doctor Wilbur, and she is a twat, mate, isn't she? She's a fucking bell and like, yeah. She goes, okay, and basically she yells and because what they say is they say don't take him to trial until he's fixed. Yeah. They delay the trial for like years mm-hmm. while they're going through psychiatric care with him, writing their fucking books is what they're doing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. And and the way she gets them to fuse is she says, fuse. <laughs> 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 Let the fusion commence. Adam, Alana, together. And then you go, Billy going, Well, that's quite ridiculous. They're very different personalities, Adam and Alana. He goes, Oh, we're talking to Arthur now. You're, you're, yes, Wilbur, you're talking. It is my, it is I. Didn't you see the pocket watch? He goes, Okay, fuse. <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous because they like different things. What kind of different things do they like, Billy? And he's literally silent for ages because he's trying to fucking scratch his brain. And he's like, Baseball. Ah, oh, it's ridiculous what you are talking about. But then Reagan comes out because you can't think of anything else except for fucking baseball. Sorry, this is awful if it's genuine. But I mean, if it is genuine, it's fucking re- mental. Oh, I shouldn't say mental, but it's cr- Oh, no, you can't say that either. But it's wild, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what a little journey. <laughs> but like, sorry, I'm, I'm getting louder and louder. So then they go into an interesting thing where they talk about the power of suggestion within hypnosis. Oh, yeah. Which that is something that I've, there's been touched upon in a few documentaries I've watched where it's actually the therapist putting you into hypnosis is implanting memories. That's how you get a lot of forced confessions out of people. Yeah. In, in, in crimes and stuff like that. So then they start to say, like, they, they're not helping them. They're causing it. Yeah. They... He waves his right to a jury. 
prosecution and people are saying like Wilbur and Milligan were able to create a narrative of dissociative disorder over time. They were given as much time and as much leeway as they wanted to be able to do that. And yeah, like, as you say, there's like one psychologist who's saying like at the time, it was like a tiny minority of people within that world who believed in the multiple personality disorder. Yeah, but But those those people... people descended upon this case like yeah, they were... and they were very powerful with because they already had a platform via Twatty Wilbur and our book and it got to the point where people those kinds of people were going around giving seminars on weekends which I bet was for money well it's all it's the case of if you're a leading expert so-called or you're you're at the forefront of disso- dissociative identity disorder and only a small portion of even the psychiatric community believe in it. Mm-hmm. This is a landmark case. So not only are you the only expert, you're going to be heavily weighed into, right, we can prove this shit is real and yeah. it gives credibility to my work. So there is that element and Billy could have played this off. But this is a long con, like if it is. Oh, definitely. There's like a really... And obviously the way that it's edited... We don't know all them tapes, do we? And it is yeah. like it, it constantly the way that it's edited, the way that the story's told, it makes you feel like like he's bullshitting, but then you think about his childhood and you think, actually, that's totally viable. And then you see some videos and you're like, wait, actually, no, because it's ridiculous. And then it like you go back and forwards. But there's that bit where they say, when he says, like, oh, like he said, he asks about prison. And then Dr. Wilbur says, well, you might not have to go to prison. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very carefully selected which bits you see. But I thought there, I was like, bloody hell, Wilbur. But I then don't... there was that really, and I, I don't know, because this was like past footage, and I couldn't work out who it was, but there was someone who was like on the kind of panel with Dr. Wilbur and Dr. The Harden, and he was saying like, you've got the caring people, the carers, the psychologists, psychiatrists thinking this is a broken person, who needs to be helped and supported if he goes to prison, he's not going to have the support that he needs. Yeah. And so they're trying to fix that. But then that's also can be giving him excuses and that's not necessarily helping him either. So I thought that person had a solid point. Can't remember the fella's name, but he seemed... he seemed. Uh... Was he the very well-tanned one? Well, no, it was black and white footage, so it might have been him. Right. Okay. <laughs> might have been him in the past, but he looked <laughs> taller. But in fairness, I do think he shrank in a prune-like way. So he was maybe six foot. He did have quite big hands for the size of the fella. <laughs> he wasn't in spooky anything, by the way. No, no, they, they, they've done away with that by episode two. There's a couple in like a bank vault, but the rest of them. But um, so a very talented thing, uh, I think is a key bit of information. So the, for one case of sexual assault, or for one count, sorry, mm-hmm. of sexual assault was um, 10 to 15 years. So the amount that he'd perpetrated, he was looking at 100 years to 125 years inside to the letter yeah. of the law. So you'd really commit to the uh, to the defense. And they said they weren't going to have a trial until he was fused, which they let this nutcase Wilbur, which, again, it's it's fascinating since the documentary is so horrific, one was leaning on her being the bad guy. Do you know, it's easier yeah. to point at her than go, well, That's she was never... Point peed on through a telescope, or at least I don't think she has. Because the way it's cut, it kind of makes you think they've spoke to him for five minutes and he went, 
this is preposterous. I am taxi driver. He goes, see? That's, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you don't know all the hours and hours of conversations I've had. But we can only judge it on this and on this. I think she's a fucking twat. Have I said oh, that? Oh, yeah, Wilbur, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like the fact he's trying to dress like a psychologist. Maybe that's how we've only met ones that have based themselves on her, so maybe it's actually she was the first one who dressed like that. There we go. <laughs> see, see. No matter how much things dislike someone, she will not throw a fellow sister's fashion sense under the bus. She'll be like, <laughs> a fellow sister. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm just gonna have Spice Girls playing us out on this one. We have, we have <laughs> moved the needle for so many communities. <laughs> I'm angry with you now, but I'll just continue because I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm I'm just glad we've managed to hide a gorilla marketing for Brewdog in here. So that was pretty slickly done. <laughs> now, where were we? Sorry, you keep going and then I've got something to say. <laughs> wait, wait, because it brings it back down to worth. Every time it gets daft, it does slap you some a bucket of water of harsh reality. So you hear that you have the prosecutor saying, like, look, one of his victims was engaged to be married and due to her mental state, that fell apart and she lost that relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like... These were people who had their lives fucked up and then you fucking go to court and he gets not guilty by reason of insanity because, oh, by the way, when they've got all the fucking... Once all the specialists say that it's DID, Wilbur stamps her feet three times and yells, you're fused, and he's like, yeah, let's do the trial on Tuesday. We're ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, like as you say, like, it's... All those prosecutors... And you can see, like, there's... I cannot remember what this fella's name was, but there's one in a non-spooky corridor. And he... It's like, I, I, I was so upset. Like, these are people whose lives have been absolutely ruined. And they don't get... We wanted justice for them. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, on the other side, the... Um, uh, there's a psychiatrist or psychologist who says, you know, when, when a victim becomes a perpetrator, my my alliances, allegiances sway to the other side. Because about the safety of the public, which is a, it's a difficult mm. thing to argue with there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I thought that was a very solid point. The uh, the question of why it happened becomes null and void if there's a possibility that it could happen, happen again. again. So it's about finding the way of like supporting that correctly. Um, and I thought, like you know, at this point, Jim says... That he was very concerned about the uh, the victim's rights. That he was like quite shocked about that he got the not guilty. Yeah. And what that meant. And like again, Kathy's sister says that like the the worst thing she would ever think of is that a rapist behaviour could ever be excused. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm pleased they've gotten them bits in there, but yeah. And, uh, but mug and gear guy, she's fucking cool not, with. Like, yeah, she's, she's, she's like, like no bother. So, yeah, he should just take his wallets off him. And then, then he actually started doing crimes that I was sad about. It's <laughs> a good point, actually. So there was a bit where he was pleading. And this is the prune guy who says this. I found it very difficult to take him seriously, but when he said this, I was like, ooh. He said, it may well be that he, like... Oh, well, I can't say it properly because I only wrote down a bit of it. But um, 
basically he says that it may have been that it was like an insanity play, but he felt that because of the time, because of the hysteria, because of all these different things, and or like a perfect storm, it was actually a temporary yeah. insanity of the system. Yeah, yeah, that's a great quote. And I thought that was very, that was very good because then that leads you into the bits towards the end, which I feel like the tap on that they're going to tap on into the next bit. But like the the newspaper articles that are like allowed to roam free, two rapes of patients in 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 no, I was going to say a hotel in hospital, and you're like fucking what? Oh, I didn't even clock that. Yeah, so oh. it's like going through, and it's like doing that thing that it did. I mean, it doesn't leave you on quite the same level. Well, no, it does because it's literally saying like he's allowed to roam free. The two victims are raped, and it's like leading you into the next episode. Yeah, he's kind of tret like he's free when he's coming out of the courthouse. Do you know what I mean? He's given that... He's allowed to talk to the media. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He's the one with a microphone in his face saying like, oh, I hope that this doesn't happen again and I want to be well kind of thing. So it's not like he's just been led out the old Bailey and shoved in a van off to Shawshank. I also felt like it was like he was saying like, I hope this never happens again to someone. As in, again, you don't know the rest of the footage, but it felt like... Well, understandably, if you have got all these different personalities, you feel like you're not responsible. He was saying, like, he hopes that doesn't happen to someone again. I was like, what? You mean, like, the people that have been hurt? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, how eh? <laughs> that's, that's the quote of the episode right there. Just, uh, Billy Milligan. How eh? <laughs> But then it kind of ends on the bit where it says, like, he's now got 24 personalities. Aye. Which, yeah, which which syncs up with the title. Which also, which he called the undesirables. I thought, what were the other ones all right like? (laughs) The other 10, no bother. These extra 14, right, Bellens, really (laughs) cut us in a muck. Like, what? Just, just threw a little hair bubble then. Well, Arthur's an excellent chef. Reagan, you got to catch him on the right day. And, uh, you know, Adelana, I wouldn't hang out with her. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to hang out with Adelana. But Tommy, who's, who's you know, got the same voice as Billy and the rest of them, who I think is him just being him. Because he says Billy's like six, so he does like, oh, no, what's, is, is, is this guy here? What's what's going on? He's always dodging his eyes, and then he rubs his eyes, and he's like, oh, hi, I'm Tommy. I talk like I'm the age that Billy should be. Um, I like baseball. Do you want to talk about baseball? No? Well, here's Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So Billy's supposed, what age is Billy supposed to be? They say Billy hasn't been to the surface, or or the phrase they use in episode two is on the spot. So that that's oh the, yeah. Unfortunately for the criminal justice system, the core personality of Billy Milligan hasn't been in control of his actions through a period of his adult crimes. Mm. So he is locked as a twelve-year-old talking about his abuse as a child, which it's not the first thing I would talk about if I just came to life, but again, for smarter people, for me to decode, it's just, he's good at accents. He's really good at fucking accents, is what I'd say about Billy Milligan. I wonder if, like, a different personality for me came to the surface now, and I was, wasn't was on the spot for six years. Like, it concerns us that I would then come out talking about my air dryer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and beer advent calendars. Fucking hell, I tell you for what, it's a good job that I bloody cancelled the subscription, isn't it? Because I know. Think of the bills. Oh, man, I'm still paying orange £20 a month, me dolphin pays you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a little snort. <laughs> tell us I've still got ITV Digital. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I went into the basement. Nothing but dead Tamagotchis. All dead. <laughs> just just a graveyard of Tamagotchis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've gone. Did, did I pass film studies? <laughs> <laughs> no, I still got all my AMA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I'm not really just genuinely thinking like if I mean obviously I'm making light of it <laughs> but imagine now like genuinely right if you were off the spot right for six years what I'd want to know who shaved me fucking head I'd want to know that no hurry <laughs> where's me GHDs <laughs> yeah what do you think Right, so let's do it the other way around. It would take me a while to realise because I've still got the same clothes. Bye, that's a good point. Um, but then what I was meaning was if it was now that you were off the spot and then woke up in six years, but it's too hard to look into the future. So yeah, let's do it your way around and look back from six years ago to six years ago. Lucky, much like bowling with the sides up, I, I would still have... Um... Our last keeping things on track. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's good. Where would I have been six years ago? I'm trying to think what it's uh, the things that I'm manically excited about or fucking living about change on like a half hourly basis. So it's quite hard to know. Well, since going teetotal or close to mm. teetotal, it's kind of similar. What is? There's a lot of, like, blank areas to your years. Well, I like to think of myself as more as a functioning alcoholic, so... Which you are, very much so. The problem is that it's um, not with you, obviously. Um, I mean with... Is that what a... this going to turn into, is it? <laughs> I've been clocked a few times by a drunk tinks. So I'm glad that we've got a TV screen between us. I'm a lot more mellow now. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, piss off, are you? <laughs> I wasn't saying you fucking would. Oh, this is just like when my Chloe said, my friend Chloe was like, we were like having like a mini argument. She was like, God, you're so defensive. And I was like, I'm not fucking defensive. <laughs> like, oh, I did learn from that. I, well, clearly not because you said fuck all and I jumped down your throat. You went close to a criticism someone once has of me, and I didn't say the thing I wanted to back then. <laughs> oh, no, you've worked it out. Oh, that is so close to the truth. It's unreal. <laughs> oh, my God. You've just literally explained my life to me for the last six years. And if you could just turn to my left, Dr. Wilbur. <laughs> <laughs> Quick tinks. Fuse. Fuse. <laughs> 
you've actually like hit the nail on the head so much in a way that no one else has before and I don't even pay you. Sometimes I just throw out random guesses. There was there's nothing thought out good. We'll get to episode two and then She'll have her epiphany then and hopefully <laughs> I'll get her to talk about refunds for a while, lower a defensive, like I'm helping. <laughs> and then... That would be the way in. Oh well now because these are gonna be on the internet, if anybody no. does What? <laughs> We, we, we'll cut most of it, don't worry. Well, no, there's some funny bits in there. God bless you. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, now that this is on the internet, and obviously hordes of people will listen to it in their hordes. Gather around the wireless with the family. Cup of cocoa, Christmas Eve. What we're listening to, guys. Making a Murderer Part 7. All right. <laughs> no, no, you're not getting your Patreon until Christmas Day, son. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That'll be it one day. Um, I'm just say I'm just let me have a look at my phone and tell you because I put it. I'm in you know, I'm in a, a WhatsApp group or two. So I put it in me one with me group of friends. I would say that's a personality of mine. That's that's the one who has to come to the surface in WhatsApp groups. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had a couple of hurrahs when I sent the. Uh, podcast a couple of brills a couple of i've watched this documentary too and then <laughs> and then my friend was saying go you how'd this happen do you get paid <laughs> it's one of the most hurtful questions in comedy that welcome welcome to being a performer what you came from durham to brighton how much you get paid for this how do you survive <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, I've just told you my five most embarrassing stories, but now I feel uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Said it was weird hearing me on it, and I said, well, my bed is fucking shit crack for you, because you've already heard all about the air dryer and that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my mum enjoyed it. But, I mean, she's got to, hasn't she? Oh, Linda's been supportive since day one. Yeah. I always tell everyone that mum got you got you into your first gig. I don't know how true it is, but that's what me and mum say for when you're in the big time. <laughs> well, I won't I won't destroy that notion. <laughs> no, but me mum had said about the different gigs, didn't she? Because she researched she, no, it. No, that's what I was going to say. Yes, uh, what she very kindly did was um, she. I was talking about doing it, and she found one, and then there was one at the pub we went to anyway. Yeah. Which, to close a loop, I did tell the story of my second ever gig, which was the one you're at, and that was the most hurtful heckle I've ever had from the audience. What, did I see it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I was there to support you. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that, that was the heckle. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Oh, right, and it's already because it's ingrained in, in my soul of how bad that gig had went. So, like, if a gig ever starts to go badly, I kind of have to take a step back and remember it's, not that bad. Um but I like so we're getting dog and parrot. The first one had went well. Go to the dog and parrot and full room. They've noticed I've brought way too many friends for a gig at this level. I've brought about ten, twelve people in a room that fills twenty. So they went, Well, we're sticking him on last so everyone doesn't Steve, leave. Yeah. We then had like I mean 
fucking amazing comics like John Scott, um, Chris Martin, who's in Hollywood right now. Fucking like I bumped into some of these people down the road that were on that night. Coldplay. Yeah. They're, no, he makes a joke about how he's the same name as the guy from Coldplay. Oh. And... God, I thought if he hasn't tapped into that, he's a fool. <laughs> well, he had. He did that night. <laughs> so I'm drinking throughout the night thinking this is going to be great with the jokes I wrote on the train. I die on my fucking hole. And you can't see anyone for the lights when you're up on the stage. You can just see darkness and the light shining in your eyes. And, and me being the shitty fucking, like, again, like, I'm I'm rooting for me to fail in this story just by what I said. I went, great, I bring 15 people and no one's laughing. And then there's just silence. I just heard your voice going, well, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was how close you were to me in proximity when you said it. I <laughs> whew, <laughs> uh, that one hurt. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what a fucking bitch. I don't no, think I was no. saying it for the laughs. I no, no, you didn't say it to do it. I think you said it because you were like emphasizing and you were being honest, you were trying, but I was mumbling incoherent stories I hadn't thought out. <laughs> well, that was before I'd learned how to give feedback. Well, I'm sorry for past me. But I also can't guarantee that future me won't say anything you bully is cutting. <laughs> you may have noticed the invites have dried up <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh, also I have uh, uh, as we wrap this one up I have an apology to make uh, I should have done this in the start we initially recorded all uh, recorded this Episode one, sorry, with the idea of recording them all and then when we needed them, we are going to release them so they'd all be on the Patreon all at once immediately. Uh, That hasn't happened because the very first week that we had it, we needed it. So we're currently recording all of these to stick on the Patreon as and when. So episode two will be going up within the next couple of days. I'm tired now. Are you looking forward to episode three, Tinks? Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Still doing this. <laughs> am I looking for... I am because I'm really... I can't remember what happens next now. I really can't. This is, at the, this is definitely past where I've seen it to now as well. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to watching the third episode with Stuart because um, he was really excited to watch them all as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next. I mean, I do remember that it gets even more ridiculous. Right, because for me, it's like, well, if this is episode two, I'm very, not excited, but intrigued to see where the story goes from here. I've tried to work out, well, it's not a spoiler, because it's just a place. All I'm going to say is Las Vegas. (laughs) All right? I'm just going to say it. Take from it what you will. Do you, know, do you know like 90s sitcoms where they would always have the Vegas episode in season six? It's yeah. Like, this is Billy Milligan in space. <laughs> I don't know how he got there. but <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, it goes. And I recommend to any of our listeners that oh, have checked this episode out or the previous to watch this documentary. So far, I'd say it's worth watching. And the people who reach out to us and um, 
talk about documentaries to us on, on, on the social medias, I think this is a bit of them. So yeah. any of those guys, uh, I would give this a, a stamp of approval for worth your time. Definitely. All right. Thank you very much for coming on again, Tinks. Look forward to the next episode. Thank you for having me again, Rick. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> All right. We're not doing that again. Right. Thank you very much for joining us, Tinks. And we'll catch you, catch you on the next one. Thank you, love you. Bye. <laughs>